This message is brought to you by the Church of Pentecost Cyprus. As you listen, may it build faith in your heart, inspire hope in your life, and fill you with God's amazing love. Enjoy the message. Our theme for this month is worship. Worship. Our theme for the month is worship. So our sermons this month will be centered on that. Um, Worship is a very, very popular and a common word that many of us use, but it is also one of the words that is um, highly misunderstood by most people. Um, As a matter of fact, we're all created by God to be worshippers. Sometimes when it comes to that time in the service, or some refer to worship as the time in the service where we sing slow songs. Um, When we sing slow songs to some, that is worship. To some, coming to a service like this is worship. They are going to um, worship God. Amen? So when they say, well, I'm going to worship God, then it appears like something you go to do or an activity you do. Um, when it is seen as the slow songs in a service, then it is seen as a part of the service that we observe. To some also, this place is a house of worship, right? Some see it as this place is a house of worship. Sometimes when um, some people are leading worship, they may make this statement that um, it is time for us to, they may say we've gotten to the most important part of the service. We've come to a very important part. So the implication of that is that opening prayer and praises and the others are not so important. If there is one part of the service that to them they think it is the highest level, then it is this thing called worship. So then after we're done with that singing, then what happens next? To some as well, you may hear some make the comments that this is one thing God cannot do for himself. Who told you that? The impression is given that if you don't worship God, God will not feel like God. But when you read Revelations, it says there are 24 elders and innumerable company of angels who are bowing down to this God and worshiping him. So your worship or your singing or not will not change God. Don't give yourself that privilege or that pompous and think that if you worship God then it will make God feel a certain way no the ability to worship God is a privilege God has given us and the one who gains out of worship is not God but you because God already has the whole of the host of heaven worshiping him bowing down to him what is worship one thing that many people do not understand. And your understanding of worship or the word worship defines or can also influence the way you live. Today, I want to speak on a message I have titled, Your Reasonable Acts of Worship. Your Reasonable Acts of Worship. Your Reasonable Acts of Worship. When we say reasonable, That means this thing is not too much. Right? 
And when we say something is reasonable, it is not excessive. It is not excessive. You're not, we're not asking the world of you. We're not asking too much of you. It is reasonable. So that means there is a reasonable dimension of worship that God demands from you. And until your worship reaches that level, then it cannot be called worship. It cannot be called worship. The word reasonable also means fair. Fair. Other translations, we'll read the text soon, uses your true, true. So when it is not true, then it is what? It is false. It is false. Another word for the word reasonable means moderate. Moderate. It is a moderate level of worship. Or another word for the word reasonable is acceptable. 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 So, uh, when we say your reasonable act of worship, we're not asking the whole world of you, but what is reasonable. Now, let's read our key text in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verses 1. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So I beseech you, I'm pleading with you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you not that someone does it for you. That you, I believe this is the New King James Version, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You see, God does not want dead things. God does not want useless things. God wants living things. A living sacrifice. Holy so not just any sacrifice. The sacrifice must be holy. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Um, the aspect of worship that, or, or the word worship that I want you to catch on to, is sometimes it can be said that, oh, someone is worshiping something or someone. Sometimes we can use the words, this person worships this person or worships this thing. When we say someone is worshiping someone, it means they have an admiration for that person. They admire that person so much that if you spoke a bad word about that person in their presence, if you're not careful, they may insult you. They admire that person so much that they are willing to commit their time, their devotion, their hearts, their resources to that person or that thing. Yesterday we had single summit. And I was telling those who were here that sometimes people say that some people are quiet. But that is not true. Nobody is quiet. The person who appears quiet, engage them in a topic that they like. You will see how they will talk. 
They can talk all day or all night. Some people say they are easily bored. Some five minutes reading their Bible, they are bored. But give them FIFA. Give them African movies. Give them Instagram. They can be there for hours and hours and not be bored. Because that thing has their devotion. That thing easily provokes their hearts to commit their time and their resources. So, sometimes as well, we can say someone is devoted to something. Some people are devoted to football or a football team. Because of that devotion they have for that football team, they can travel miles just to watch a football match. It can be raining, they don't care, they'll be there. When it comes to spending money, buying tickets, buying jerseys, they don't see it as they're wasting money because their heart is in that thing. But when it comes to giving offering, hey, we're wasting money. Some devotion or worship, it is for, or it's for a church. They love their church so much that to them, that church is the best church in the world. I've heard some people even make a comment that, as for me, my church is my church. And if I travel to a certain place or country and I don't find my church there, I'd rather stay home. I won't go to any church. That is how much they are devoted or absorbed in their church. If you speak bad about their church or their pastor, you will have problems. I recently saw a video where some pastor um, is said to have had some court cases. And people were speaking bad of the pastor. And his followers had gathered outside the courthouse. And they said, we like him that way. If you guys don't like him, as for us, he is our pastor. And we like him that way. And I was like, wow. These people are devoted. So when we talk about worship, we're talking about devotion. It is not a head issue, it's a heart issue. Worship goes beyond just singing of songs. Actually, when you search the scriptures, worship has never been about singing songs. It has never been about singing songs. But in the singing of songs, it will help us understand what worship is. Worship. Worship. What is worship? What is worship? We want to go into the scriptures and look at um, a few instances. Or if, let's say, I asked you the question. In the Bible, who do you think is the um, highest, or when you think of a worshiper in the Bible, who comes into your mind? David. Who else? David, right? David. Why David? Because you're thinking of songs. You're thinking of psalms. You're thinking of hymns. Right? Yes? Abraham? Moses? Now why are you changing your mind from David? You're betraying David now. Now you're going for Abraham and Moses. But you see, 
in the Bible. The person who gave the highest form of worship is actually Jesus. But you don't associate Jesus with singing. There are only a few times you read in scriptures that Jesus sang. Twice I can actually recall in scripture from memory. The person who gave the highest form of worship is Jesus. The person who gave the highest form of worship that's pleased God is Jesus. And we will look at that. Let's look at the word worship and its first use. We start with the man Abraham. Now picture this. God has called Abraham. Abraham has left his father, has left everything, and is now following God. And at the age of 75, God promises him that, Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. At that age, Abraham is an old man. His wife is also old. Some will say she's past menopause, and he's also past menopause. And they wait on God for 25 good years. When when we talk about faith, faith does not exist without patience. No. No. When we say someone has faith, that means you hold on to God. Irrespective of the circumstances around you. Irrespective of what you see, what you hear. Irrespective of how things appear. Whether they appear to be going bad or not. You hold on to God. Bible says in Romans 4 that Abraham, against all hope, had hope. People told him that, Abraham, this is impossible. This thing cannot be done. Faith cannot exist without patience. So, he waits 25 years. Now he is 100 years old. And this thing that he has been longing for, this thing that he has been praying for, this thing that he has been looking for and waiting on God for for 25 years, God gives it to him. Imagine what he will wear to church on that Sunday. The white, white he will wear. Hallelujah. <laughs> a tree song just entered into my mind. I forgot myself that I'm in a PIWC. <laughs> He'll be dancing and singing. When he comes to church on that day, he would want everyone to see him that Abraham is here. Those who have been mocking him for a while, those who have been sneaky laughing at him, he will walk in and want everyone to see him. He won't wait for us to say it is testimony time. He will say, Pastor, Pastor, I want to give a testimony because that's what he has waited 25 years for. Do you know what it means to wait 25 years for something? You say you are Abraham's children, but you can't even wait one month for God. Some of you can't even wait one week for God. So he waits 25 years. Of course, in the midst of that 25 years, he became impatient and then took Hagar and then had a child called Ishmael. But God said, it's not Ishmael. I promised you I'll give you something Wait for me and I'll give it to you. So now he has received this boy. 
And the points of the story is, or the part of the story, at that time, it is said that Ishmael, sorry, Isaac is about 17 years old. So now Abraham is about 117. This is the first time we come across the word worship. Genesis 22. Let's go there. Genesis 22. Remember, he's been waiting 25 years for this precious thing. Just as some of you have been waiting all year for something from the Lord. From verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. I'm sure if you knew what God was asking, he'd have pretended he can't hear God's voice. <laughs> he didn't know. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. So you see, worship is not about giving God dead things, things you don't care about. It's about giving God the things whom you love. At this point, God told him, give me your only son. But that was not his only son. He had Ishmael. He had servants in his home. God, if you want a sacrifice, I can give you my servants. I can give you Eliezer. I can give you Ishmael. Now take, verse 2, then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Imagine you heard that voice. What would your response be? <laughs> uh -huh. You will rebuke. Devil, get thee behind me. This is not God. Worship. Worship. Three. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He didn't wait one week later. Some of you, you will say that you've not heard God's voice clearly. So you want to do one week prayer and fast to be sure if it was God. Some of you, you want to challenge God for time. Bible says early the next morning, he woke up and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the water for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, so they traveled for three days, Abraham lifted his eyes. Imagine the songs he'll be singing as he's going. Hmm? Hmm. And he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. This is the first time the word worship is used in scriptures. He said, stay here. The boy and I will go and worship and come back. Were they going to sing songs? Were they going for a church meeting? Were they going for a convention? No. They were going for sacrifice. So, six, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. 
and he took the fire in his hand and the knife and the two of them went together this is the verse that tells us that um isaac wasn't a baby because he gave the firewood to isaac and he took the knife and the light if the child is a baby you wouldn't give him the heavy stuff means that he was old enough to a certain age and was strong enough to carry that thing so it is said he was at least about 17 thereabout eight no seven but isaac spoke to abraham his father and said my father and he said if isaac knew what was going to happen to him that day i'm sure <laughs> he would not have come that day <laughs> and he said here i am my son then he said look the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for the burnt offering and isaac said my son god will provide for himself so abraham said my son god will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering so the two of them went together then they came to the place of which god had told him and abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son i'm sure whilst he was doing he was thinking god show up show up god god you're not going to let me do this god where are you god god ah god god see the part i like or two aspects i like from the story there is the part of abraham who god says give me your best he doesn't hesitate he gives god his very best he gives god the thing that he treasures the most the thing that he values the most the thing that he has looked forward to the most some of you god cannot ask you that God cannot ask you that. Even asking you to give him two hours in your Sunday is a problem. You will give God all the excuses and the reasons. Two hours. Do you know what I can, I can do in that two hours? God can't ask you that. So Abraham, willingness to give his all and his best to God. And then the other side I like is Isaac. How he humbles himself allows his father to tie him just as the father will tie the goat allows the father to bind him and picks him up and puts him on the altar just as the father will put the lamb on the altar some of you you would resist <laughs> some of you would resist the way you would throw blows <laughs> but the guy humbles himself he is willing to lay down his life for his father a living sacrifice unto god so abraham verse 10 and abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son but the angel of the lord came to him from heaven and said abraham abraham so he said here i am and he said do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him for now i know that you fear God. Now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me, 
So this is the first time the word worship is mentioned. Has nothing to do with songs. Yes, in the process of it, they might be singing. I could just imagine Isaac, the moment they start to untie him and he starts coming down the altar. The songs he'll be singing. That whole week. <laughs> he has done for me. He has done for me what my papa cannot do. <laughs> so, we see that worship is about sacrifice. And sacrifice is about giving your best. Sacrifice is about giving your best. It's about giving the things that are precious and dear to you, to God. Now, second example the children of israel have been in bondage and in slavery for 430 years and god wants to save them and then in exodus chapter 8 verse 1 exodus chapter 8 verse 1 then the lord said to moses go to pharaoh and say to him this is what the lord says let my people go so they may worship me so there he's telling us the whole reason why God was freeing them from Egypt and bondage is so that they may worship God. The whole reason why God has saved us from sin, taken us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light is so that we may worship God. Romans 12 verse 1, it says, in view of God's, uh, in view of God's mercy, in view of all that God has done for us in sending Christ to save us, now your response should be worship. The response. So he says, let my people go so they may worship. The same Exodus 3 verse 5. Exodus 3 verse 5. He puts it differently. Exodus 3 verse 5. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Israel and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. So you see, he's saying, let us go. And what we're going to do is to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. Then in the chapter 8, verse 1, he goes to Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh, God says, let his people go so they may worship him. Now, after God has performed all the miraculous power, and has freed them from the bondage of Egypt. And he takes them to the mountain. Now God wants to teach them proper worship. What does he do in teaching them proper worship? He gives them 10 commandments. That if you want to offer a worship to me, that will be pleasing to me, then I will show you how you are to worship me. He gives them 10 commandments. Then um, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. From the verse 1. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not be devoted to any other thing except me. 
everybody worships. So that thing that takes your time, that you can spend hours and hours on it, that thing now becomes a God instead of God. Where you can spend five hours, you can spend a whole day on that thing. But for God, you can't spend five minutes. He's saying, no, if you want to offer me worship that I like, that is reasonable, then I want you to have no other God before me. Two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath, all that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not have any, make any image. Don't worship images. Don't worship things. See, that is why we have issues with things like wristband. The issue has never been about wristband. But when someone tells you that if you have this wristband, you'll be protected, then that wristband has become an image or something that is doing the job of God. Because it is God that protects us. When someone tells you that, stick this sticker on your door. And when evil spirits are passing by and they see the sticker, when has sticker saved anybody? If we're doing fundraising, let's do fundraising. Let's say we're selling stickers. We're selling wristband to raise money for church. But if we say that this thing will protect you, then it is taking the place of God because God alone, our help comes from him alone, not stickers, not wristbands, not images, not things. Says, if you want to worship me, this is what I want. Verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold you guiltless who take his name in vain. That means put value on his name. Cherish his name. Respect his name. Respect his name. Value his name. Value the name of the Lord. Anything that bears the name of the Lord, respect it. Put value on it. He's teaching them how to worship. Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You nor your sons, your nor your daughter, nor your make, uh, male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in it, and rested in the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So he's saying that have one day of rest. Have one day you give to the Lord. Have one day you give to the Lord. Twelve. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. So God is saying that true worship, because the commandments are 10. The first four relates to God. 
And the last six relates to how you relate to human beings. So God is saying that your proper and reasonable worship is determined or is based on how you relate to me, God, and how you relate to your neighbor. If your worship is only um, how you relate to God and also doesn't reflect in how you relate to your neighbor, then it is not reasonable. It is not acceptable. And for you to be able to do these things, it requires sacrifice. To be able to live at peace with your brother and sister, it requires sacrifice. It may require you at times to deny your pride. It may require you at times to swallow your ego. Jesus said that anyone who will follow me must first deny themselves and carry their cross daily. Unless that, they can't be my disciples. That is the cost. So sacrifice or worship has always been about a cost. Something we do, something we lay down to please God. Something we lay down to give honor to God. Something we lay down. Something we do. Something that we're willing to sacrifice. The very best that we have just to please God. Never been about singing. Because singing can stop. And when it stops, anyone can sing. So God tells them that I want to bring you out of Egypt. The purpose of one thing, sacrifice or worship. And when he does, he teaches them, this is what it means to worship God. This is your reasonable act of worship. Honor me. Give respect to me. Honor my name. Give time for me. Don't place anyone or anything above me. That's all God is asking. Do we think God is asking too much? What he's asking, is it reasonable? Then he's saying, in the same way, love your neighbor as yourself. Don't murder. Don't take what is not yours. Don't bear false witness about someone. You see, gossip is also like that. Sometimes someone tells you something about someone. You've not asked the person whom the thing relates to. Then you're spreading it. You're bearing false witness. Or sometimes what the people are saying is actually true. But why are you saying it? Who made you minister of information? Why are you spreading that? What you're saying could be true. 100% true. But why? You're bearing false witness. What you're doing is not for the blessing or the glory of your brother or sister. So he's saying that is true worship. So if that is true worship... A life of obedience and submission to God. Let's look at Jesus and then we will end. Communion is a reminder to us that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And if worship is sacrifice, then this is a reminder that Jesus offered his life and everything for us. Jesus, Jesus did not just come to die for us, but he also came to give us an example at of how we should live. He came to model for us how you and I can live on this earth and how we should live on this earth, how we should relate to God, the kind of devotion God expects from us, and also how we should deal with our brothers and our sister. Jesus came to model it for us. That's why 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 is, those who claim to know God must live as Jesus did. You must live as Jesus did. 
you are expected to live as he did because that is the highest form of worship. What was Jesus' devotion to God like? I'll read this once quickly. John 6, 38. You may note it down. John 6, 38. Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So, you look at his devotion. His focus is to do God's will. Most of us are wanting to do our own will. You want to do what pleases you. And then after doing all of that, you come here and you want to sing. Or you think by coming here for two hours, it is acceptable worship. No. He says, I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. John 5, 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son of man can do nothing by himself. He can do only that or what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does. I told you, when someone worships someone, they want to copy that person. Sometimes people worship a celebrity. You may even worship a footballer. You want to play like that person. You want to imitate that person. It can get to a point where they even want to dress like that person. They get to a point where they want to do their hairstyle like that person. Everything, they just want to be a copy of that person. And what God is saying is that, have that kind of devotion for me. And desire to copy me. Desire to talk like me. Desire to look like me. Desire to do how I do things. Desire to be like me. Worship. And Jesus is saying that he has become so synchronized with the Father that... He does nothing except what God does. I pray that our lives will come to that point. That we do nothing except what God, what will please God. Except what will please God. Then, John 12, 49, you may note that one down as well. It says, I have not spoken on my own, but my father has sent, who has sent me, has commanded me to say, has commanded me what to say and how to say it. So he's saying, the words I speak, I don't speak on my own. I only say what God wants me to say. And I I don't just say it, I say it how God wants me to say it. That is one thing we must learn. I say it how God wants me to say it. I say it when God wants me to say it. So if God doesn't want me to say it now, then I learn to keep my mouth quiet worship worship so now it has come to you and I as I I'll continue it next week but as I bring today's session to a close we're reminded of the sacrifice or the depths and dimensions of the worship that Jesus gave to the father you and I are also called to do the same So Paul tells us once again in Romans 12, verse 1. But this time, I want to read it in the message translation. Our key verse, Romans 12, verse 1, from the message translation. He says, so here is what I want you to do. I pray that after you leave here, this is what you would do. He says, God helping you. So what I'm asking you to do, we're saying God is going to help you to do it. 
take your everyday ordinary life take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping eating going to work and walking around life and place it before god god i don't just i don't just want you to have my sunday i want you to have my monday my tuesday every other day i don't just want you to have two hours on a sunday i want you to have everything that is in me he says take everything take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping so that means whatever you do is worship um our current chairman made a statement he said that whatever you are doing is worship so the person who is slapping his wife is worshiping god but it is not acceptable worship the person who is lying is worshiping god but it is not acceptable worship it is profane before god because whatever we do throughout our days is our act of worship just place it before god as an offering embracing what god does for you is the best thing you can do for him let me read that last line again embracing what god does for you is the best thing you can do for him today we're reminding ourselves that there is an expectation upon your life the gospel message is not that jesus came to die for you and that is it it doesn't stop there the gospel message is that you and i are sinners we can't save ourselves we can't please god we fall short of god's glory and therefore he sent his only begotten son to come and die for us and after we have accepted him god is expecting something from us it doesn't stop at just accepting him god is expecting something he's expecting some good works from you he's expecting worship from you and that worship is to offer yourself to him i pray god will help you and i to surrender our all to this great god so we can't end this message without giving you an opportunity to make things right with God. If you would like to do so, then I would humbly ask you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I confess that I have fallen short of your expectations. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. Today, I accept the forgiveness and the salvation that Jesus offers. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Come live in me. Come change me. Come help me to live a life that pleases you. This I have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer for the first time, then congratulations. Um, you have taken the first step to making things right with God. We would encourage you to get in touch with us on any of our social media handles and will help you to grow in your relationship with God. May the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may he prosper you, and be gracious and kind to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like to know more or have any questions, please contact us by email at info at copcypress.org or on any of our social media platforms at the COP Cypress. God bless you.